Dear Lord, I passed you for so many things before. Our strength to climb each mountain in my way. I've asked for strength and help. I've even asked for wealth. But from now on, this is the way I'll Thanks for loving me. Thanks for Thanks for the rain. sales rep for another company and the first time I ever met him Tim and we were at a restaurant and uh, he started telling me his you know where he came from and all this and what he's been through and I ended up having a conversation by the time I knew it I was saying just let me 
give you, share my testimony about Jesus Christ. And this is where the company is going. And this is why the company grows. And this is why I am where I am, because of his mercy and grace and his power. And I'm thinking of singing that song, my parents, what a privilege I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ as a child. What a privilege to know. You know, to know, to know, and to know that God Almighty hears us. He, he's real. And that's what I told the guy by the time I left him. He said, you got, I got more gray hair than you, and you're younger. You must be living right. And I turned around. I said, it's real. That's why. <laughs> Praise God. He said, the troubles of this world, and I got more gray hair than you. It's real. God is real. Praise God. Now I've had bad days. When there were hills to climb Oh, and I've had sad days And a weary mind But when I look about And think these things all out Oh, all of the good days 
says, I will make them stand. They are mine. 
So when I hear about the grace, He's going to make us stand. He's going to help us to stand. He's going to give us power. So as you hear this song, it's all Him. And He's going to, and He guarantees it. And He gives it to you. And I praise His holy name. It's all about Him. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. My child, fear not, for you are redeemed. And I have called you by my name. Make no mistake, evil can't take what's rightfully mine. So walk through the fire, wade through the flood, rise up in power, you're washed in the blood. Keep fighting on, I've already crossed your victory line. The saith the Lord Three years. 
shake before you the demons run and flee oh at the mention of your name king of majesty there is no power in hell nor any who can stand before the power
the trade of his robe filled the temple and the angels gathered round they began to cry oh they sing Right before my eyes, 
Break every chain, break every chain. 
to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There's an army rising up. There's an army Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Oh, sufficient sacrifice, so freely given, such a price. You bought our redemption, so deliverance can be mine and yours and ours.
apologize. I know it's late, and I'm not going to hold you late. You know me. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but the truth is, I know it's a little late, but you can never apologize for God's spirit. You know, most of the time you want to be in his way and not in the way. So I just thank God for his grace and his mercy. And I have heard the words that has not only been spoken here today and talking about testimonies and the, and the things that are said because the enemy is causing a great doubt and a great fear in a lot of us. We live in a rough time. We live in a time that's not casually uh, just about what we want. Everything's in the way of what we want. Everything's in the way of our things that uh, we used to do. But God is trying to show us things. And I believe COVID and all the rest of it has been something that God has allowed to happen for a purpose. And one of it is he wants us in that time out. He wants us in that place where we begin to look. God, what am I holding on to? God, what is going on in my life? What about my spiritual walk with you? Because God is working on his church. If the world don't get it, God knows his church should get it. And we need to get it because we got a work to do. We've got a life to live. God don't want us to be uh, content with staying here. I don't want to be content. This ain't home. And we're on our way somewhere. And I praise God for those that fought before us. And I praise God that no matter how big man makes anything, it ain't big enough. Because they're all going to come to the place where you need to deal with God. So saying all that, I'm going to get on a subject that I think is very unique in the Bible. It's unique because of one purpose. It shows how great the God that we serve is, for one. But it also, like I said last week, when he was talking about Israel, destruction, bondage, and restoration. God's dealing constantly with destruction, bondage, and restoration. He's trying his best to restore Israel. He's trying his best to restore us. He wants us to walk in a, in a, a powerful, anointed, spiritual walk with him. He wants us to recognize his word. He wants us to be hungry for him. He wants us to seek his face. Why? Because he is our heavenly father. 
God showed me something last night, and I know I've seen this many times, and I've thought about it many times. But how many has ever bowed on their knees and thought about the cross? How many has bowed on their knees and thought, who am I bowing before? I'm not only bowing to God, but I bring myself to the cross of Christ. How many knows that? When you come, you come to where the difference can be made. Jesus paid the price. I see him hanging on that cross. I think about our Easter play a lot of times. And I think, I see him hanging on that cross. And all of the crowd that was up here had to weep. They were supposed to weep because Jesus had just laid down his life and died. Let me tell you something. You do that all your life. All your life when you get down to pray. Get off yourself and think about him. Because if you think about who he is and what he's done, the love of God that has been shown through what Christ has did for every one of us will reach out and grab a hold of your heart. It will humble you before him. It'll let you know who you're approaching. It'll let you know how much he loves you. If he loves you that much, does he think about you? Yes. Do you think about him? Because that's the relationship. Do you think on him? Do you talk to him about everything? Do you pray about everything? I want you to turn, if you got your Bible, to 19th chapter of Genesis. I want you to see how great God is. I know God wants to have mercy. God wants to have grace. How many knows God sees all things? He knows exactly the day we're living in. He knows exactly how he's aligning the nations and getting things in order for his son to return for the church. He's getting things in order. He's bringing Israel back home. He's going to deal with them once again. But he's also going to deal with the judgment upon the nations. And I talked last week about uh, the Babylon in the 18th chapter of Revelation. And it says, Babylon, Babylon has fallen. Then down in the fourth verse, it talks about, come out from among you, my people. Come out from among Babylon. And you know what he's talking about? He's talking about us today. You might look at that revelation and think that's at the end. No, he's talking about all people that are mixed up with what the world's translation of what they want to do for serving God. He wants you to get out of there, out of what this world is teaching you, out of what this world is pushing at you, get out of the politics, get out of all of it, and serve God. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to call us out. In 19th chapter, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to read all this because 18 chapters when Abraham comes and uh, uh, they, the angels come to Abraham. Three men come to Abraham and talk to him, tell him he's going to have a son. And he's an old man. His wife's an old lady and she's in the, in the tent. And she laughs and then claims she didn't laugh. And the angel knew she did laugh. But the truth is, God was doing something. He was doing more than just coming and telling them what was going to happen next year. He was on his way to Sodom and Gomorrah. How many knows that? Everybody's heard of Sodom and Gomorrah. You ain't never heard the good of it. You've always heard the bad of it. 
And I want you to know something other. God loves all people. But when God says that's enough, that's enough. When God puts his foot down, the foot is going down, and it's justified and it's right. God knows exactly what judgment is. You can debate with him. You can argue with him. The Pharisees and the scribes would argue with him. They argued with Jesus. But if they was really of Moses and if they were really of the father, then they would have followed Abraham. They would have followed Christ. But they didn't follow him. They rejected him. We know that. But in Genesis 19, I want you to skip on down to verse 12. It says, And the men said to Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-laws, sons, daughters, what, and who's, whatsoever thou hast in the city? Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Why, why and what does this mean about cry of them? The cry of them's come up before the Lord. God knows at the right time. Now listen to me, every one of you. At the right time, if there's no repentance. At the right time, if there's no repentance. God will bring judgment and condemnation. Not only on the individual, but upon the nation. I mean, here's what I'm saying. God will bring condemnation and judgment upon all of those that refuse to repent. Now, you know what God said to me about this message? And it's a funny message because I want you to understand something the way God said it to me. He told me this is not a patch-up job. Did you know that you can't patch up what's wrong with America? You couldn't patch up what was wrong with Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah, a band-aid was not going to help them. Let's pass a new law in Sodom and Gomorrah. Before God does this, we'll pass a new law and say, let's curve, let's curve the homosexuality. Let's curve, let's pass a new law. You're only allowed to have so much uh, time there. Let's curve. You know what America's trying to do? They're trying to bargain with God. Let's Put a new law in and curb abortion. Let's curb this. We've opened up every kind of sinful thing and passing laws to say everybody's got the rights to do anything they want. And God's calling us to repentance. And I want to tell you something. The band-aid, they're going to fix America. How many knows what I'm talking about? There's not a band-aid. You can't patch up what God says you must do. God has already established his word and his word says that he sent his son that we can be we can have repentance and yet we don't repent and I'm going to tell you something I don't care who you are I don't care if you're a good Christian I don't care what you are pray and repent daily you need to talk to God is there any wicked way in me God search me oh Lord find in me what's wrong Help me, Lord, to get before the cross and to cry out from the depths of my heart. Oh, God, heal my children. Oh, God, heal my grand. Oh, God, heal my city. Not, Lord, just move a little bit this way. Maybe God won't pass those hard of judgment. Maybe he'll give us a break. God's tired of this. I said a few weeks ago, he used to, 
wink at ignorance. We're not ignorant of it no more. You can keep it excusing yourself for what you're doing in your life. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not your enemy. I don't know anything you're doing in your life. But I can tell you right now, if you keep excusing yourself, you are looking for God to bring condemnation and judgment upon you because he's calling you because he knows you know better to repent. What is repent? Andy preached on it. Repent. Let's make the 180. You're walking one way. Let's turn it around. And I'm not going that way no more. I'm going this way because this is God's way. You're going to either make up your mind, you're going to do it as God says, or you will find yourself in the same shoe Sodom and Gomorrah was in. <coughs> These are two angels. You find out Abraham stayed behind because he was pleading for his family lot. He was pleading for his nephews. That's in the last chapter. When the angels said, well, well, after they told him about the baby, they said, we need to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, oh, I'll get up and show you the way to go. Abraham led him over to the place. And then God said, should I keep from Abraham, my, should I keep from Abraham what I'm going to do? No. He told Abraham. Judgment's coming. So when the two went on and went on to Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham stood on the mountain and he prayed and he saw God. He said, if there's 50 righteous, will you not destroy it? Lord, if, if there's only 40, well, will you not? He got them down to 10. But how many knows there wasn't 10? He had in his mind probably that Lot, his children, their, their husband, whoever it was, that they would all come to God. They would follow Lot out of there. Abraham had tried his best to get it as low as he could. I don't think he was just after Lot. I think he was after everything he knew Lot cared about. Because the angels came. They came because Abraham prayed. God gave space. And that's why they came to Lot. And it says in verse 14, And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-laws, and married, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But... He seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. More or less, it's like these people that they call them conspiracy theorists or something other. Every time somebody comes and tells you, oh, America's looking terrible, America's going, and you'll say, oh, no, it looks fine. It's fine. Leave it alone. You always think the worst. Let me tell you something. If you get in God's word, God's word's going to shine a great light on what's going on today. And you'll quit making excuses if you stay in God's word. This word, and Connie said it this morning, it talks about him. And it talks about everything God's about. And if you stay in it, you won't be thinking like the world. You won't be making excuses. You'll be falling on your face before God. It was almost like they were saying to him, well, you've got to be kidding. You've got to be joking. You don't really think that's going to happen. You don't really think they're trying to poison us, do you? You don't really think they're trying to give us stuff that we shouldn't take. You wouldn't think they would kill people on purpose, would you? Let me tell you something. Satan don't give a hoot if any of you live. 
another day. He wants you not only to die, but he wants you to die in doubt and fear. He's trying his best to steal the faith that you have in God. Then it says, and when the morning rose, listen to this, when the, and then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, and the men laid hold on the hand, upon his hand, on the hand of his wife, his daughter, and the Lord, being merciful to them, brought, brought him forth and set him forth without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth, Abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. How many knows God's not in a bargaining deal? Abraham bargained with him. Abraham was a friend of God. Abraham cried out. Now I want you to go down. I want you to go down to look at verse. 24. That's Genesis 19. It says, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and inhabitants of the city, that they which grew upon the ground. That which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Then it says, and Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. How many knows Abraham believed God? When God said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham got on his knees. But I'm going to tell you something, Abraham probably had a hard night sleeping that night, Carl. I'm thinking he went to bed that night knowing that God was going to bring judgment. So he rises back up and he goes to the same place that he talked to God. He went back to where he bargained him down to ten people. And he looked over into the valley. He looked over into the area of where Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says in verse, where is it? Verse 20, 28. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the plain and beheld, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. How many knows? You know God's going to do what God's going to do. You know God's word doesn't lie. So you can ignore looking at it all your life. But if you look at it, you're going to find yourself believing that guess what? He's coming soon. And guess what? He's bringing great judgment upon this world. I don't think we can do anything other than completely get on our face before God and say, God, forgive us for the sin that we have legalized with all that we want to do just because it's the American way. God's got a stinky smell coming out of America. I mean, here's what I'm saying. I know you don't want to hear this kind of message. I know it's not popular. But can I tell you, it's what's going on today. You don't need me to pat you on the head and tell you how great you are. I don't need God to pat me on the head. He needs to tell me, God put my feet where I need to walk. 
And I want to tell you something else. You can't help your children unless you live this truth. If you don't believe this word and quote this word to your children and quote it to yourself enough, guess what? You won't believe enough to tell them either. I cannot pacify my children. I cannot pacify my grandchildren. You're either going to face this truth or you're going to face judgment by the one that has the truth. And you know what? You won't be surprised. You won't be surprised because God knows. I remember just talking to Jeannie this week. Got on the phone, Jeannie was talking. And can I tell you something? We remember a day when conviction was all over the place. When people would come to church and somebody would preach about what was going on in their life, they dropped their head and they ran to the altar as soon as he shut up about it. Because why? They, were, they knew they were guilty and they were guilty before God. And they were going to have a rough time walking out of there and carrying that with them all the time. Everywhere they go. So people confessed. They actually got convicted and they actually came to the altar. You know what we do today? We tell everybody, hey, everybody's got sin, don't worry about it. Just go on. You got your problem, I got If you want to be a homosexual, that's okay. If you want to be in a, uh, somebody that believes in the LGBTI and all their other, whatever names they, numbers they are, if you want to believe all that stuff, well, you just be a nice person. We played this tolerance game till the devil's got us backed in the corner and we're scared to speak up. why God didn't want me to talk. Boy, this, boy, the devil knows. Because I'm going to tell you something. I can't go around it. I can't find anywhere in there where God says, I apologize. I didn't do the right thing. No, I find in there God always does the right thing. He's always the right. And we're always wrong. So how many of those, we need to hear what he says. The 29th verse summed up means this. When God destroyed those cities, he remembered Abraham and he sent Lot out. How many know he spared, he spared Lot? He spared only Lot and his two daughters. But really, when he come down to it, his daughters after that messed up and brought in two tribes that were against Israel all their life. Moabs and the Ammonites or whoever they were. And I want to tell you something. You need to learn to understand. God knows the depths of your heart. You live for him first. He'll hear your cry. He heard the cry of Abraham. And he rescued Lot. God's trying to rescue America. I believe there's a remnant of people that's serving God. They're not going to church for a social gathering. But they really want to serve God. And I ain't talking about how much your, uh, your, you know, people loves your song or somebody else's song or how great the Spirit of God moved on you or, or somebody else. Let me tell you something. I ain't trying to impress you with any of that. I know God will do what God will do. And when God wants to bring conviction, he don't want to put some big uh, screen of, of praise around it. He wants to bring conviction. See, I know my when I was uh, at home and I got in trouble at church and Pop promised me a whipping, 
I could smile and praise God all through the door, but that didn't change what was going on inside of him. Inside of him, he knew I needed it, and I was getting it. I wished he was as happy as he was, but he wasn't. Why? Because he was trying to be a, a just and a fair and a right father. And my heavenly father is going to be just and fair and right in your eyes. You're going to know that he did the right thing every time he does something. And I want you to know something. It's sad. It's sad to think about Solomon and Gomorrah and fire and brimstone being poured out upon a city. And people dying all around. It'd be sad to see America burning and young and old. How many were stunned and astonished when the 911 happened and the towers fell? I couldn't get my eyes. I didn't want to go to work that day. I just wanted to sit and watch because I wept and I cried. Take times of just weeping and crying because why? I'm knowing that something's happened because God allowed it to happen. And we probably deserved it. Sorry to say. I ain't telling you that we earned it. I'm just telling you we probably let God sometimes, without his grace upon our lives, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. We need to realize that we need to stay there. This is a sad situation. But I'm going to tell you something God said before this, or God said after this, because he, he takes through Abraham and Lot, and how many knows he showed a great example when he did, done this? But down the road, when he brought Moses up on the mountain and he gave him the law, he gave one of the laws that was written was this. It's in Leviticus 18.22. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. How many knows God did not mix his words there? How many knows God made it perfectly clear? Do you think God didn't understand what he was saying when he made that statement? Because he made a lot of statements. The next statement right after that, he talked about don't sleep with animals. You think that's something, oh, that, oh you shouldn't have said that. Let me tell you something. I know this is probably on the eye, the podcast, but I can't help it. God's word is true. When he speaks something, he's warning because he knows what's in man and he knows what will come out. And you'll either get back to the truth of God and his word, or you will find yourself following down that road. I already see people, and I don't want you to think I hate animals, because I don't, but I see people love their animals more than they do anything. I think they want to marry their animals. And I'll tell you something, I get a little worried about some of them. I'm sorry, I love you. If you got a nice animal, praise God for it. It ain't nothing wrong with loving an animal. God loves animals. He made them. But he knows what he's dealing with. He's dealing with lost souls. And he ain't worried about because you don't like your flesh life with the people that God gave you. Or you didn't do it right or didn't handle it right. Because every one of us is guilty of that. Just because we didn't do it right, don't turn from people and say, I think I'll just love this little dog that licks, it, licks, licks my feet. Let me tell you something. I'm not picking at your dog. God bless you. Please don't get mad at me. I'll probably get all kinds of different statements on that. But the truth is, God loves us. And he loves lost souls. And Connie, his heart's broke. His heart's broke. What you were saying is, God's heart is broken over what's happening today. 
and we're still wondering if we should repent. We're still wondering, should we vote somebody else in? Well, I don't really care if you do or you don't. And I can tell you right now, you can vote in the wrong person or the right person, you think, and they can turn out to be a, a dog. Whatever. I ain't your judge. But I know this, if you pray and seek God's will, God will cover you up, and he'll cover me up, and he'll cover America. Because he's waiting for repentance. He's waiting for us to know the guilt that's on us. It's guilt. I don't care how you look at it. You look back 60 years, 50-something years, since, since abortion started in 1973, you look back and tell me it's okay. God's just patted us on the head and blessed us anyway. I'm going to tell you right now, God remembers. And God knows what your sins are. Especially those that refuse to repent. It's true. Can I tell you it's true? Can I tell you? It comes back to me and you. Get on your knees and call upon him. Lord, whatever I need to repent of, show me because I need to repent. I need to repent because I'm not making enough difference in what's going on in this world. Okay, I know it's late. Second Peter 2. It says this. Peter's talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, listen to this, all the way back, all the way back to begin, at the end of the New Testament. He says, in turning, verse 6, 2 Peter 2, verse 6, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes and condemning them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. Uh-oh, you mean to tell me we can't change the rules? You mean that we're the ones that's supposed to see what God did to, uh, to uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and we're supposed to be understanding that God's given us an example of what's going to happen? How many knows what I just said? He gave us an example with Sodom and Gomorrah and allowed them to be destroyed. And he's showing America and the whole world all the way around. Because I can tell you right now, you can get a hold of the books today. You can look, probably look it up on your computer. But you can get a hold of the books today will tell you that they're trying their best to curve sodomy out. They don't want it to be on the laws. used to be on the laws all through our country. It is still in places, a lot of places. But do you know how many people, it's like even in the USA, there's 13 or something percent that says, I don't think we ought to have a rule against that. And then you got 65% says change it. They don't want you to tell them sodomy is bad. And I ain't going to explain what sodomy is. You want to look up your computer and look that up with me? I don't have to explain it. I can tell you right now, filth is filth. And God has made design. And if we ain't walking in God's design and we ain't content with God's design, there's something driving us that's not of God. It says, unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just lot, vexed, he was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing 
vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. How many know we're living among the unlawful deeds today? Don't you know it's affecting you? Don't you know it's vexing your soul? Don't you know it's condemning your soul? It's working inside of you to where before you know it, you're saying, ah, well, everybody's living together. It don't matter if I live with somebody. Oh, well, everybody's having abortion. It don't matter if I have an abortion. It's my own choice. You know what? Pretty soon we've turned everything God said around. We have no condemnation about nothing. Excuse me. You know what? I know you don't like me for this, but i got to speak the truth. See, I'm held accountable to this, and I don't want to mess up a beautiful service. But can I tell you something? Other God put this on my heart. I was sick all week, and I kept saying to myself, Lord, i got to call somebody because I'm too sick to work. I'm too sick to get up and preach this week. And every time I do that and I get on my knees to pray, God say, yeah, but you know that scripture over there? Go look at that. <laughs> and boy, before you know it, I said, you know what, God? I'm just going to wait it out. Maybe the snow will save me. <laughs> but you see, it ain't snowing. Might come later, we might have candle sun, cancel Sunday night. But if it don't, we'll be here. But can I tell you something, other? We need God's grace more than we need anything. Oh, God, help us find you. Help us search for you. Help us, Lord, give us something to say that's right for this country to cause them to be alarmed at what's happening in our country. I've tickled to death the Bengals won. But can I tell you something? When they showed me this morning on the news, those people in the bar dancing and jumping up and down half drunk, I thought to myself, sorry, that's not the rejoicing that you need to be rejoicing. You got drunk and showed yourself, so you did. I'll leave that alone. That's your business. Jude 7, 8. Jude, there's only one chapter verse 7 and 8. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth as an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion and speak evil of dignities. Now I want you to know something. They're trying their best to change the spirit. I'm talking about theologians. They've been on this for a while. They've been trying their best in the modern Christianity to change that Sodom and Gomorrah was not destroyed because of homosexuality. No, because there's the scriptures in Ezekiel, I think it's chapter 16, and it talks about how that Sodom and Gomorrah had pride and Sodom and Gomorrah had uh, had uh, spirit of access. They wanted a lot of things. And that's why God passed judgment. You ever heard that? Let me tell you something. People trying their best to soften sin everywhere. Can I tell you something? That makes you think less of God if you think God would destroy them because every one of us would be destroyed. Wouldn't we? See, I, I know God's doing what God's doing, and God didn't mess up what he said. 
And Peter didn't mess up by saying it, and neither did Jude. He said it the way it was. He knew the sins that was being uh, uh, condemned for, and that's what the sin was being told about. So you can even ignore it and act like, oh, well, we live in a more educated time. We can do things better. We got protection. Excuse me. We can't protect ourselves from what God's telling us in our heart that's wrong. You can only say, oh, God, I'm sorry. Oh, God, bring me to my knees. Lord, I'd rather die and go to heaven than to lose my soul for eternity and have all those things. Because I see so many politicians, I think, have sold their soul for what they want. Excuse me. Even some ministries have sold their soul for what they want. I'm not trying to tell you I'm better than anybody. I'm struggling and striving to hold on to what God's told me to do. But I know what's coming. It's coming. Dave, it's coming. We can talk about it. We sometimes even laugh and say, oh, I can't believe they actually did that. I can't believe somebody would actually do that. You know, they have shows on there called The Dumbest Criminals and all kinds of stuff. And I, sometimes I think to myself, man, they just think anything's all right. Somebody went and stole the, was over to Lakota. They stole the three buses. They stole the catalytic converters underneath them. Now the kids don't have buses to go. And they waited until the weekend so they could crawl under there, and they actually show them, it's a dim picture of them, but it shows them crawling under there, and they're actually taking this stuff apart. They have no remorse. They have no fear of God. They have no repentance. They have no conviction. You know, it ain't just bad teaching to moms and dads. There's a real devil that wants you to think everything's fair to you. I, I, I still tell you, I hear that commercial. I hear that commercial about the elders and the, and the uh, what's that we're on? Medicare. I hear about this Medicare and, and uh, Joe Namath and J.J. Walker and all these characters. Yeah. And all I hear is, give what you're entitled to. And every time I think about that, I think I ain't entitled to nothing. I'm entitled to go to hell. See, I don't deserve what God gives me. But God gives it to me anyway. And he loves me anyway. He loves me because I'm his and I'm striving to make it home. I haven't arrived yet, but neither have you. We're just striving at it. Praise God. Man, come back up. Guys, come back up. Jesus said in the 20, 23rd verse of the 11th chapter of Matthew, Jesus said, And thou Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say to you, 
that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. What am I talking about? I'm talking simply about this. Jesus came to Capernaum and did many mighty miracles. And he's preached the gospel there. And he preached in them other places, Chorazon and Chorazin and, uh, and Bethsaida. He preached there. Them are all around the northern part of the, of the Galilee, uh, the Lake of Galilee. But can I tell you, Jesus went there and preached the gospel, and they saw the miracles. But what did they do? They turned from him. They turned from the gospel. And Jesus is telling them, he's condemning them by saying, if those works would have been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah would still be standing today. Boy, oh boy, that's a pretty serious statement. I don't know how they went home and went to bed that night. Because this person that they didn't believe in told them something true. And I'm going to tell you something. You better weigh what God's saying to you today. Weigh it in your heart. Romans 1.32 says this. It's the end of Romans, first chapter. And I know if you've ever read Romans, you'll find out it talks about the homosexual lifestyle even in the New Testament. But it says here, the last verse of that, verse of that chapter says, Who knowing, listen to this, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. How many knows those acting out against God? Somebody told me yesterday they, they're trying to open up a school thing for kids in Illinois where it's a devil-worshipping after school. It's a devil-worshipping club they can join. They said if they're allowed to have Bible studies, well, then we're going to have a they've got some satanic guy coming and, and people coming to help them understand what it be, means to worship the devil in America. Oh, that's their freedom. Oh, that's their right. Oh, my kid would never get involved in that. You know what? You don't know what your kid's liable to fall into. Because if they don't believe the truth and they don't repent of the, of the sin inside of them, guess what? The enemy will lead them right to that door. But he says, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do them. You know how many people are having pleasure in pornography? You know how many people's having pleasure in, uh, in what they call it, living together instead of marrying? Because, oh, and I've heard it myself. You ought to, buy, you ought to try the bicycle out before you ride it before you decide to buy it. And I thought to myself, you got to be kidding me. You got the nerve to even make the statement. And I want to tell you something, some of the commercials embarrass me. They don't embarrass you. And our young people, I want you to understand something. It was not allowed to be put on years ago. When I was your age, they wouldn't allowed some of the commercials that's on television. But now they put them on there and act like they're just giving you medical help and I'm going to tell you something all they're doing is turning the heads of the evil that's going on in our nation the enemy's got a hold of it and can I tell you people ain't got 
the guts to pull these eyes back and say, I won't go there. I won't look on that. I won't see that. Okay? I know I'm old school. I'll be dead and gone. You'll have to deal with somebody else later on. But I'm going to tell you something. When you deal with another person, if they speak this, they'll speak the truth right between your eyes. If they speak this, otherwise, they might pat you on the back and tell you you're lovely anyway. Doesn't matter what you do. But I'm not going to tell you that. Yeah, I know. I've thought many times, what would Brother Vaughn think when he come, if he came back today? What would he think? What would my father think in the last, in the, in the short time he's been gone? Okay, nine years. What would he think of what's happened in the last nine years? He'd be dumbfounded. Number one, COVID, he couldn't handle COVID. Brother Vaughn couldn't handle COVID. He'd have to tell the hospital, you just you need to get out of my way, I'm going through that door, whether you like it or not. And Pop knew doors I didn't even know where they went. He didn't ask nobody, he just went through the door. And I followed him through thinking I'm gonna get, we're gonna get thrown out of here real soon. I was waiting to look behind the curtain thinking, I wonder if they're operating there. Through doors that said, Do not enter. You know, he'd make you a nervous wreck sometimes. But you know what it was? God had a vision in his mind where he was going to wait. And he wouldn't let nobody stand in his way. Oh, God, help us speak your truth. Help us don't get comfortable here. I don't want to see sin. I don't want to see sin. I'm, I'm sick and tired of the filth that's put before us because see it destroys our mind like it did Lot it was hurting Lot just being there God rescued Lot he wanted to rescue all of them but they had done just like America they had taken God and said you're out we don't want nothing to do with God all we want is what we want it's all about our rights it's all about what we like America don't need a patch-up job. America don't need a band-aid. America's got to come to the cross of Christ and repent. Hear me, church, because it starts with the church. We have to come to him and say, God, I'm sorry. God, I want to praise you, but I can't because of what's going on in here. I allow the enemy in too much. I can't get up and praise you. I can't get up and feel free to scream your name or to shout and to holler your name. Because, Lord, I don't bring myself to the cross. And I don't allow you to convict me no more. Their conscience is seared. I mean, here's what I'm saying. There's a scripture in Timothy 4, 2, I think it is. They let their conscience be seared. They've drifted away from faith in God. Everyone stand if you will. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I know I'm talking to all of us. And I'm talking to this church, and I'm talking to this nation. We've got to come back to God. We've got to come back to the cross. God's not going to allow us to go pass a law that says, okay, we'll get abortion in the in the." 20th month, or we'll get abortion in the 10th month, or we'll get it in, I mean, uh, weeks. I don't kind of know anymore, and I 
know, right? I'm just ignorant that way. But the truth is, we keep trying to act like we're doing a better job. We cannot do a good enough job until we repent. There is no patch up. There is no fixing. It's got to be worked out with God. He told us what to do. Repent. Praise God. If you need to come today, you come. God loves you. Don't you realize? Don't you feel God's love? Don't you feel his love today? Don't you feel his grace and mercy upon you, pulling you to him? It hasn't been a bed of roses since I started on my way. And Lord, you know I'm not complaining, but there's just something I should say. For I've reached desperation And I've stumbled since my start I've grown weary through the years Now I'm crying bitter tears From the depths of So 